Hello there, my name is Jeff and welcome to the Game Sharks Podcast, episode 13, where we talk about our favorite thing in the world, movies. Yeah. Are you sure you haven't done movies yet? Yeah, I haven't done movies. All right. Anyone see any good movies? How can our favorite thing be movies when there's no movies to even go see? Derek, why do you got to do that? Netflix exists. Surrounded by movies all the time. And video games. Uh, Joining me today, we have Andrew. Hey. We have Derek. Hello. And for the first time ever, we have our friend Dante. How are you doing today, Dante? Good, good. How about you? Pleasure to be here. Doing pretty good. Thanks for coming. Um, Yeah, no problem. So uh, I've heard that you've been informed of the three questions that we ask our newcomers every time we have someone new on the podcast. So are you ready ready to go through those to kind of get a sense of your gaming history and your favorite things sure whenever you're ready all right question number one what is your first video game memory uh so i had a long long think about this um but i think my first video game memory um my sister's boyfriend in high school had bought her an n64 um it was like a short-term boyfriend so that's kind of crazy. That's, that's but kind of awesome. I know. <laughs> and he bought her the gold edition of Ocarina of Time too with it. It was like an in-game. Uh, it was like it came with a console. It was like a pack-in thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so she was like not very good at video games. Uh, and I just remember like we all played our video games in the basement of my house. Um, I had never played video games and my parents really didn't let me play video games, but I just remember sitting on the like steps of my basement, just kind of like watching her from a distance, trying to like fight uh Dodongo or uh, I forgot what his name was, but that, that first boss in death mountain. Yeah. And, uh, that's the Dongo, right? Andrew. Yeah. Yeah. King Dodongo, the one at the end. Yeah. 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 Nice. Um, so I just kind of like sat there and watched her completely fail. It was kind of horrible, but I mean, I was a six-year-old kid, so I don't really know Cool. what was going on. Yeah. Um, sweet. All right. So question number two, what's your favorite video game of all time? Um, probably The Witcher 3. Okay. That's a solid one. Mm, that's pretty all-encompassing. Yeah. You can do just about yeah. anything in there. Um, it's just such a beautiful game and like such a beautiful story that just like everything about it just completely rocks um i think i have about like 150 hours for one playthrough on steam um the dlcs are just like amazing and um yeah i just love it everything about it nice Uh, have have you ever played it i played probably about three or four hours uh half of it was gwent and the rest of it was me thinking, oh, God, oh, God, I'm so overwhelmed. I don't know what any of this stuff is. Oh, God. And then I stopped playing. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed what I did play, but there were just so many systems and uh, things going on that, I, yeah, I felt really overwhelmed. So I was too intimidated yeah, yeah. to ever go back. Um, yeah, that one's been on my list for a while, but it just seems like one of those super overwhelming things that I don't want to quite dive into. I know a couple of like the starting missions, like one of the first ones where you track down the Griffin. That mission mm-hmm. was so cool, and it made me think, "Oh, I really would love to play more of this game." So maybe one day I'll go back to it. Um, yeah, depends. It's on... just such an under, it's just such an undertaking to like start it. 
Yeah. Um, I think the like tutorial like area that takes at least 10 hours to get through. Oh, then I was definitely so. still in that tutorial area. Yeah. Cause... Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Maybe I'll give it another shot sometime because I enjoyed what I played. It was just I don't know if something else came out or if it was just purely I can't handle this. But yeah, I ended mm-hmm. up stepping away from it and never going back. Yeah. Nice. All right. Uh, last question. Who's your Super Smash Brothers main? Um, it used to be Snake, um, but I've kind of moved away from it, and I've watched some YouTube videos, and now I would almost confidently say I'm a Game & Watch main. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> nice. Do you play a lot of Ultimate? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Are you aware that really, are you aware so. that Game & Watch is really strong in this game? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> nice. That's <laughs> sweet. We'll have to play sometime. I don't know if we're friends on Switch. We should make that happen. Yeah, I don't have many friends on Switch. It's like Derek and um, like a couple, two other people maybe that okay. never sign on anymore. All right, we'll have to fix that. We'll be friends, and then we can play Smash and mm. maybe also Animal Crossing. Perfect. Um, cool. All right, so we have a couple news things today. We have our usual Steve-based email. <laughs> Uh, oh hell yeah <laughs> and but the main thing for today is there's a couple really big game announcements that or game releases that happened being animal crossing doom and also half-life alex but i don't think any of us here played that but we'll talk about it a little bit because um definitely a lot of interesting opinions going around with that game so i wanted to kind of get your your vibes for them but let's start with our email from the one and only steve who seems to email us every week our most dedicated loyal fan. Um, this is he sent this after listening to last week's episode, but he started it with "Hello, everyone, but Andrew." So I don't know if he's <laughs> thinking that you're not going to be back, or he's continuing the theme of everyone kind of being mean to you through emails, which I is all Matt's fault. <laughs> Um, thank you matt um i don't know you know for a hot second when i was listening to last week's episode i considered emailing my thoughts and i was like wait i'm gonna be on next episode anyway just so say like, it, yeah yeah um he said hello everyone but andrew first the audio quality is always awesome go jeff your discord podcast is easily in the top five percent or higher for social distancing podcasts a few of my regular podcasts sound like they were recorded with a potato Uh, thank you very much steve we appreciate that put a lot of work into trying to make this still sound pretty decent even though we're doing it uh through discord these days so we appreciate that second i agree with other nick all of your alexa series and echoes are listening data are collecting data at the first step of the eventual robot uprising all praise our robot overlords um you are crazy and also alexa is just the trigger word for echoes so you know just get your facts straight um and then he said i remember jedi assault on moss eisley no matter how hard i tried i couldn't get the bad guys to win uh referencing star wars battlefront 2 that nick uh, Uh, was talking about last week and lastly he said (laughs) he said a lot of things how did none of you pick james bond a james bond game as a great couch game i'm partial to nightfire but i would have accepted goldeneye your loyal email correspondent steve uh my response to that is that have you ever tried to go back and play the goldeneye games or the james bond games recently they're not so good also, anymore yeah, like, when's the last time a james bond game came out i think game was there one on the Wii? was there a Wii one there was there yeah, was a there was. remake whoa oh that's right it was really bad 
Have any of you tried to play Goldeneye recently? No. It feels no. awful. No way. <laughs> it's not playable. The last uh, time I played a Goldeneye game was the one on the GameCube with a couple of my friends in like Nightfire? fifth grade. So, is that if that's what yeah, it's called? James yeah, Bond Nightfire. I think that was one of the ones on GameCube. But um, yeah, there, there was also. I do remember it being a black. There was Agent Under Fire, which was really fun. I liked that one. Yeah, they just don't feel good to play anymore, especially the N64 ones, because there was no... You had to, like, stand still to do uh, up and down aiming. <laughs> yeah, anything. <laughs> and Oddjob was just busted because he was shorter than everyone else, so you couldn't shoot him from just shooting from the hip. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Nightfire was the one that had, like, the little bots. Yeah, uh, yeah. You had, like, you could drive, like, oh, little, like, race cars and stuff and tiny tanks. and Yeah, it was, like, a laptop you pulled out and you, like, controlled the tanks. Yeah. They, I think they had that in Agent Under Fire too. I never played yeah, the GameCube I once. I just know there was they had a a remote rocket launcher, so I love to just like stand in a corner and then shoot the rocket and like mm. try to aim it and kill people. <laughs> kind of like Snake Side being Smash. <laughs> yes. Okay, yeah. Exactly. Sweet. All right. Cool. Let's uh let's move on to some news. I feel like this is gonna be a relatively short podcast for our standards, but hey, what are you gonna do? I'm sure some, there will be some people appreciating it not being over two hours. Um, all right. There's a couple things on the COVID-19 quick list. Uh, literally a couple. I think I only have two on here. Basically, it's the same song and dance of things getting canceled, things getting postponed, game releases. I think like all of the major trade shows and stuff like that are already pushed indefinitely or late summer as a kind of a hope and a wish at this point, but we'll see. Uh, so the two that I have here is that GameStop's employees were being told that they were essential personnel and that the store was going to stay open because they sold essential items. And they kind of tried to justify it by saying that because they sold things like computer mice and webcams and things for people to help set up at, uh, at home offices that they were essential. <laughs> And, and then people got really mad at them. Sounds like a lot of... Yeah. People got really mad at them. And then the California stores ended up closing because all, uh, I think all of California is on lockdown right now. Or is it just Los Angeles, San Francisco? Yes, I think so. Um, Yeah, I'm not sure. But yeah, so GameStop was kind of being dumb. <laughs> friend of mine works at GameStop in Connecticut and she was real mad that they stayed open. I I'm curious if it's because if they closed, the company would just go out of business. That's a pretty high <laughs> likelihood, but the amount of money they would lose from closing nationwide would probably kill them. Honestly, at this point, because they're yeah, already but... struggling so much. It was all part of Reggie's plan. <laughs> kill GameStop once and for all. Do you think Reggie immediately is like, "Well, this was fun. I'm out." <laughs> that would be pretty. I tough. wouldn't put it past him. Two weeks in, and he's just like, "All right." I did my best. God doesn't want GameStop to exist anymore. It's not my fault. Um, do you think that they tried to keep them open just for um, like Doom and Animal Crossing releases and then just like get out real and quick? Maybe, like, yeah, just, now they're going to. I don't know. Yeah, that's a good point. That's what some people suspected. Yeah. My, I don't know. It just seems like. My other I mean, thing if that is, was the case, then I wouldn't go and out myself as an essential store. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I would say, hey, we're staying open to this and then closing. My thing is, they're saying that they're essential because they sell like webcams and keyboards and stuff like that. 
do you know anyone that's ever gone to GameStop to buy any computer peripherals of any kind? <laughs> Absolutely not. Yeah, I didn't even know they did sell those things. I uh, I didn't know they did. So, yeah, uh, GameStop being sketchy again. And then the other thing that I have is that pros, uh, pro sports teams and players are doing exhibition matches in their respective uh, video games because... You know, they can't do their thing. So I've heard of basketball teams streaming exhibition matches in uh, NBA 2K. And mm-hmm. then, Derek, you were talking about there were NASCAR drivers doing races in a NASCAR game, right? Yeah, and it's like like full, like it's it was on Fox Sports Network on, on TV. Really? Yeah, and I, I don't think they're doing the same length of the race. I want to see, I want to say the one I, I stumbled upon was only 100 laps. But I think it was so successful last weekend that they're going to just do it for the rest of till like they can race again. I mean, NASCAR is one of those ones where it's like, honestly, you won't notice the difference. (laughs) The quality and graphics at this point (laughs) are so high that it can be indistinguishable at points. So so they use uh, a game called iRacing, which is built from the ground up to be like as full of a simulation as it can be. So the, the graphics aren't like... I would say they're not like, you know, the newest Forza level, but they're still like they're they're pretty current gen. Mm. Um, but the the thing is, it's it's not like arcadey at all. Like the cars almost handle like real cars. Um, I I was reading about it a little bit, and I guess one of the the drivers, the NASCAR drivers, I think he drives in the whatever the I don't even know what it's called, the Monster Energy Cup or whatever. <laughs> I know um, literally nothing about NASCAR. Uh, but he is like super into uh, his name's Denny Hamlin. He's like super into iRacing. Uh, and so he like got like he was a guy that was like, hey, let's do this over this game that I play. Like it's like a simulation. We It's easy to set up. Like you just need like a wheel, some pedals. So I like I, I bet they're going to do it. Uh, I think they're going to do it for a, a little bit because I think it actually got like a good amount of viewers. <laughs> for something like kind of put together like that yeah that's really cool i think this is really awesome because it's kind of a, f- a first exposure to esports as a concept to a lot yeah. of people so they'll be able to see this even though it's nascar and it's not like league of legends or something that's only can could be competitive within a video game it's still the idea of people watching professional or people playing a video game on yeah. tv and whatnot it's putting the idea out there and making it more normal and be like oh yeah i can see why people would want to watch other people playing a video game because it can be fun you know yeah it can be intense yeah so that's kind of a really cool thing for uh i mean people like us i have arguments all the time with people about who try to tell me that esports aren't a real sport or they're not they shouldn't be a competitive Uh thing and i'm just tired of having that argument so i'm very eagerly awaiting the day when it's just normal and (laughs) people can just i don't know like you don't see someone watching baseball and be like, why are you watching that? Why don't you just go play baseball? Because <laughs> I'm not the I best baseball player. People. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think it's really cool and fun that that's happening. But those are the only two things that I had for COVID-19 that kind of really stuck out. Everything at this point is just stagnant and not happening. So, you know. Yep. Um, they did stagger. Did we talk about them staggering? Yeah, we talked about that last week. Staggering Doom and uh, Animal Crossing. Yes. Right? Yeah. The, the releases. Okay. Yeah. 
cool. Uh, so the next thing I wanted to talk about was the Final Fantasy remake producer kind of gave an explanation as to why the game is episodic and not going to be one giant game. Because I know there's a lot oh. of people who were thinking that why should I pay $60 for a fraction of a video game? Um, and he was quoted saying, in order to make the entire game as a single release work as a modern game, we wouldn't be able to go for the highest visual quality. And we'd also have to cut back on areas and scenes from the original. Essentially, to make a single release viable, the resulting game would have ended up, ended up being a digest of the original story. And we didn't think that fans would be pleased with that. There were a lot of parts in between sections of Midgar that were implied but never seen. That was something that we wanted to address with the remake to fill in all those gaps, show how the different parts of the city were connected, and make it continuous. Ex- make it a continuous experience. So basically, he's saying, if we tried to fit all of this in one game, it wouldn't be a good game, <laughs> because we're trying to make it like a modern Final Fantasy where there's all this crazy stuff to do. And if we were to try to put that into a single game, it would be it'd have to be condensed so much that it wouldn't be. It just wouldn't work. The amount of uh, yeah. detail that they're putting into all the visuals for Final Fantasy VII Remake 2 are insane. And there's no way they could spread that out. It's already two discs just for Midgar. So there's no way they would be able to spread it out over, I don't know, however many discs in order to make a 200-hour game. Yeah, uh, yeah, it makes sense to me, from at least from, from what I've played so far, um, that like if they were to just make remake the game like as it it you know how as it used to be but with like higher detail and fidelity like the overall game design and gameplay would still be the, the same like it would still be like you're a sprite on uh you know like in an environment it would just look better like i i, I feel like the minute you you kind of make it like a a, th- a third person over the shoulder game it completely changes the scope of everything and you have to like you have to build it as a whole new game yeah and that's definitely yep. what plus they did. I feel like uh I feel like a lot of these, you know, Final Fantasy worlds are you know short lived and don't really get expanded upon as well as they could because of the whole anthology thing. Uh aside from like lesser received sequels like Ten Two or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Uh so I, I really like this opportunity to really flesh out the world of seven, you know. Yeah, I'm really excited about it. Um what do we got? Uh about two weeks, right? Two weeks from Friday oh, already. Yeah, yeah. yeah. When Something people like when people are listening to this episode, it will be two weeks away. Jeez. Oh. Yeah, it's coming. I'm very excited. Oh. I mean, if it didn't get delayed, it would have been out for three weeks already. Oh. Uh, Dante, are you a Final Fantasy fan, or specifically a Final Fantasy VII fan? Um, I. Ha- <laughs> okay, I'm sure you're gonna kill me about this. Uh, I've never played Final Fantasy VII. Um. I've watched Advent Children okay. and I played Final Fantasy VII Dirge of Cerberus. Okay. Um, <laughs> which was probably the worst entry in the Final Fantasy series, I would say. Yeah, I've heard it's not to... very great. No. I was like obsessed with it as a child, like as a kid. Why? I, How I did you like... find that? <laughs> I really don't know. It just looked so. I think it was just so edgy. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't that come out for the PlayStation 2? Yeah. Yes, it did. You played as Vincent. Maybe like 10 years after um, 
Final <laughs> Fantasy Seven had, had come out. out. <laughs> yeah. Huh. All right. Well, are you gonna give this one a shot? The remake? Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. Okay. I um I had I played fifteen and um I like as a kid I loved nine. Oh, um, interesting. Okay. Cool. So yeah, I really. I really love JRPGs just as much as like regular RPGs. So I'm pretty excited about it. So what I did recently and Derek did as well. Uh, we both, we got the game on the switch, the original final fantasy seven. And I played through up until the end of Midgard. Cause I wanted to ski how long it took and also kind of get a refresher on what actually happens. So mm-hmm. uh, it took me six hours to do Derek. How long did it end up taking you? I, I still haven't uh, gotten out of Midgard. Oh really? Yeah. I did the same thing um, so... um, I'm almost done, I think. Okay. What was the last thing you did? Uh, the the uh, just like just after you you meet the guy in the house and you tell him Don show Cornea? him your... Don Cornea. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um. So, anyways, Dante, uh, it might be cool mm-hmm. for you to do that to kind of get a sense of what 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 the original was like, but also I'm. I'm interested to see the perspective of someone who never played Final Fantasy VII and goes into the remake. So maybe don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> and then come talk to us at some point about how you feel about the game, having no real yeah. uh, knowledge of the original game. Yeah, do that instead. I mean, I, I mean, I haven't even played the demo of it yet. Um, so I'm just gonna go in completely blind. Okay, cool. To it. So. Now I'm using you as a guinea pig uh doing a little right. experiment. So, sweet. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I won't I won't play the 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 original version. Okay. Cool. I'll wait. You can go and play it after. All right, that's fine. All right. Um next news thing that was just brought to my attention today by Dante was that the Switch has now outsold the Wii's total install base in Japan, which is kind of nuts. Um Switch for life. Switch for life. Do you have the numbers there? Let's see. As of this week, the Switch has sold 12.8 million units in Japan. And the Wii sold 12.75. So it's just barely beating it out by uh, half a million. I say barely, but that's still a good amount. But yeah, 12.8 is a lot. That's since... uh, Actually, uh, sorry, not half a million. It would be fifty three million or something. Fifty thousand like is what it's beat it 3, by. 000, that's it. Um, yeah, but that's really cool. Uh, I never thought that anything would pass the Wii because it was kind of a phenomenon where it was doing something entirely different and it got older people to play, really young people to play because it was so easy. And Wii Sports was just such a hot, like in the moment thing. That was really fun. My parents owned a Wii. Allison's family owned a Wii and they didn't do any video games. Uh, so it just kind of punctured the market in a way that I didn't think anything else would. But apparently the Switch is just another thing where everybody wants to get their hands on one. Well, I think an advantage the Switch has is that you can kind of get one for each person sometimes in certain situations. Yeah, a lot of households are having two of them instead of just one like they would for the Wii. Exactly. I, I'd be curious to see the, the comparison of numbers uh, in Japan for Switch owners and uh, DS, 3DS owners. Ooh, yeah, that would be interesting to see. I think yeah. uh, mobile numbers are usually higher in Japan because I think Japan, they, they love um, mobile gaming. Yo, me too. I'm all about those handhelds. <laughs> um, 
I'm sure they recently got a huge spike in sales because of people being on lockdown. Um, being like, oh, we don't have anything else to do. I know Ring Fit Adventure is sold out everywhere. <laughs> wow, that's crazy. Yeah, because people are like, I need a way to work out at home, and Ring Fit's a pretty good exercise routine. And yeah, no one can yeah. get it anywhere. We have a friend that lives out in California that's on lockdown, and she was trying to get her hands on a copy, and she just couldn't. <laughs> so, yeah, that's a pretty cool um, stat thing. And I'm sure it's just going to keep going up, and especially if they eventually sell a Switch Pro then it'll go up even farther because i know i'm definitely gonna buy one and give allison my original switch and i'm sure derek you'll buy one and andrew i'm sure you'll buy yep. one because you know maybe i don't know i honestly like when you say switch pro what exactly do you mean um an updated model that maybe has like better processing power uh better screen That'd be my. Yeah, assumption. I don't personally care about all that stuff. All right, that's fair. I would. Do I would. I would just stick with my original Switch. Fair. All right, cool. The last thing I want to talk about. Um, did any of you? Do any of you have means to play Half Life, Alex? It's only VR, right? It is a VR exclusive. Yeah. No, I don't. I do not. Okay, have no. Okay. VR. Um, I have the Oculus Quest, and apparently, I can do the Oculus Link, where I plug my Oculus Quest into my pc to be able to play this but i've heard that's not very good and where my pc is i don't really have a lot of space and i heard that this game is best played uh when you have the free space and the ability to kind of walk around and and be interactive with the world as opposed to either sitting or standing in place and uh, Uh it was developed specifically with the index in mind which has kind of the glove controllers um so I decided not to play it. My buddy Corey has an index, so I'm going to talk to him and see if he has it. And hopefully once all of this Corona stuff is blows over, uh, see if I can go over to his place and try it out. But people are saying it's pretty amazing. <laughs> um, it's kind of... Ch- yeah, the hell's an index? Index it's, is... Uh, Val- Valve's VR. Yeah, it's their new VR headset. Uh, okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Everyone seems to think that this is a game that's kind of pushing VR towards being kind of a staple in video games as opposed to just a gimmick. Um, it's doing some really cool stuff. Uh, the beginning of the game supposedly is pretty linear and straightforward and feels like a lot of VR first-person shooters, but like the puzzles and kind of storytelling that starts to occur in the later half of the game is apparently really good. But... Um, IGN gave it a 10. I know there's a couple other places that gave it a 10 out of 10. So yeah, people are really high on this. Does anyone have kind of experience or fondness for the Half-Life games? A couple of my friends were really into it back in like middle and high school, but I never personally played any of them. Actually, I might have played a little bit of two. So I've played all of them. Okay, so how do you feel about Half Life as a uh, series? I oh, as a series, yeah, uh, it's cool. Uh, it's an interesting like sci-fi story. Um, I never, for a while, it took me for like took me forever to get the grasp between between how Half Life One and Half Life Two connected. Mm-hmm. Like it kind of just seemed like they were almost like retconning things, and then eventually, like I like got it after like my third playthrough of half-life okay <laughs> um 
But yeah, I don't know. It, the the big thing um, about the games uh, uh, is, at least for um, Half-Life 2, is it was kind of groundbreaking for its release, by the time it released. Even I think even Half-Life 1 was still kind of gr- groundbreaking uh, for when it came out in, in the, the late 90s. Um, you know, the, the, uh, 2 introduced uh, the Gravity Gun, which is like a super fun tool. It's very to iconic. Uh, yeah, the yeah the iconic gravity gun. <laughs> um, and I think a lot of also like I think the the Half Life series gets grouped in a lot with I think just like the Source engine in general. Like these were the games that uh, Valve developed to like push their engine to the limits. So, you know, like the cool, really cool things spawned from Half-Life 2, like, or from Half-Life, like Counter-Strike, uh, you know, a lot of like big, big games, you know, were mods What's for it? Half-Life or Half-Life 2 for the Source engine and stuff like that. So, it, you know, a lot comes from these games. Um, that's why that, I think this is why Alex is going to be such a big deal, because it's going to blow open the, um, the VR world. Hmm. Uh, specifically, I think the VR modding world. Ooh, I didn't even now consider this, that. Yeah, now Source Two is like out in the open, and so I, it's not going to. I'm sure it won't be long before we see people creating, you know, mods in this new engine, doing crazy things. I mean, like, I I watched some videos, and it's it's crazy. The, the, like you can interact with every single thing in the game like you see a bottle on the ground you can pick it up and you see a bird over there you can throw the bottle at the bird and the bird will fly away uh you see a bucket on the ground you can put it on your head and your head will be covered it's like it i've never i haven't seen a vr game like that so i think it's yeah like they built a, a vr system a vr engine where you can mess with everything that's pretty groundbreaking i feel like uh, but I, you know, we won't know till you know another year from now, and we look back and say, "Oh my God, all these huge things are coming from this," or maybe nothing will. You know, maybe this will come out; it'll be the greatest VR game ever, and then no one will ever play VR again. <laughs> yeah, it's it's weird how how what we're four or five years into VR at this point, and it's still kind of a question mark if it's going to stick around or if it's just like a passing fad. Um. I think this game is going to have a big impact on the potential staying power of VR for sure. And kind of push the industry into doing more and greater things and start making games as opposed to gimmicks. Um, So yeah, I'm excited. I'm sitting here looking at screenshots and stuff of it. And I'm thinking maybe I will buy it and hook up my Oculus quest to my computer just to try it. Cause it'll still be better than nothing, but I'm curious because apparently it's really cool. So, are you you don't know anything about what happens in this game, right? Uh, all I know is it's a it's a prequel to two. Yeah, it takes place between one and so two. It's right? not Half Life Three. No, it's not. <laughs> um, so I was listening to a podcast uh, where people were playing it, and they were surprised that the story is relevant. Um, I'm not going to spoil anything. To the Half-Life series? Yes. I'm not going to spoil anything for you because I don't know how invested you are in the Half-Life story or how any listeners may be invested. But 
they say that this game at the start of it they're like oh it's just kind of a throwaway in between thing but by the end of it it's holy shit this might be the most important game in the half-life story oh okay which that also kind of threw me for a loop because i was just going and thinking oh this will probably be yeah an irrelevant little fun side thing but no it's actually yeah a big important part which kind of paves the way for the future of half-life which makes you think oh maybe they'll make more half-life games after this whether they're in vr or a different thing entirely who knows but maybe one day we will get that half-life 3 <laughs> maybe one day indeed have um 15 15 more years have any of you guys seen like any like gameplay of it like because the one thing that bothers me about um like you know vr it's just like the movement in general um i haven't seen any sort of like uh gameplay but so the movement in this game is basically kind of um a culmination of every movement type that you've seen in any of the half-life games where you can have the option to kind of point and click teleport or you can do the locomotion where you use the left stick to move uh in any direction that you want but obviously and you can also walk around kind of if you have the space and the setup for it walk around within the space and your headset will track you but obviously once you get up to the walls of your space you'll have to use one of those other options of either teleporting or using the stick to walk around from what i've heard uh the frame rate on the index or the refresh rate is really high so not as many people are getting motion sickness from it and they said the general movement of the characters is slow enough where you don't feel it's not jarring and uncomfortable um that's what i've heard obviously i haven't played it myself yet but from what i've heard it's actually it works pretty well and because it's a very linear kind of walking kind of through a guided path game it's the movement is pretty straightforward so you don't it's not like you're exploring an open world and it's kind of clunky to move around. You're basically going from point to point to point in front of you throughout the whole thing. So it's not a huge right, right. factor. Yeah. Uh, that that always just kind of turns me off from VR games. I think, like, unless, um, like, it's just, like, full movement, you know, with, like, those, like, omnidirectional... Treadmill uh, things? Yeah. Like, I, I think that's, like, my selling point. That's when I'll buy VR is, like, or, like, Ready Player One when it's ten thousand um, dollars for a setup yeah. yeah i don't know i just don't want to like move a stick or i don't know like select a square on the floor to like move around yeah. while i'm in like a gunfight or something like that it just doesn't seem practical you know yeah um i think maybe i will get this game to check it out and kind of see and i'll report back to you to see how it feels but yeah um, i would say if at least one of us tries it i will do it because i'm the only one with the means to do it <laughs> We could also have Corey come on and talk about it. So, um, the hero among us all. Um, all right, cool. Let's take a break. Uh, unless anyone has any other new stuff, which I don't think we did. Uh, so, yeah, let's take a break. Nah, nah I got to pee real bad. Okay, we'll take a break, and then we'll come back, and we'll talk about <laughs> what games we've been playing lately. All right, sound good? All right. Sweet. Fly sweet, yep. baby. Peace. All right, so we're going to talk about what we've been playing lately, but I have some stipulations that we're not allowed to talk about Animal Crossing or Doom until we've talked about everything else, because those are going to consume most of our time here. 
Sound good? Can I talk about the first Doom? If you've been playing it, you want to go first? Yeah, I mean, uh, in between the last time I was on and now, I finished Doom 2016. It was good. Yeah? It was... Uh, I basically don't have any extended thoughts over what I said uh, during the last last time I spoke about it. Um, it's cool. Killing demons is, is fun. I played the Switch version, so... I'm, I think I had a lesser experience as a result, but I'm going to be getting Eternal on my PC, so I'm going to see how much better that'll that'll go. Okay, sweet. Um, what else have you been playing? Anything else interesting, noteworthy? I didn't get a chance to talk about it last week because I wasn't here, uh, but I yesterday finished Ori and the Will of the Wisps. Yo. Uh, God. I would like to amend my statement that I made. <laughs> Ori and the Will of the Wisps is the best Metroidvania I've played that's not Hollow Knight. So, yeah, I was at, that's my thoughts exactly. I also it's, beat it. It's so good. I think it's just barely below Hollow Knight by the that's exactly how I feel. margins. And, it, and like, I feel like I feel like the only thing putting it under that under Hollow Knight for me is because I played Hollow Knight first. Like, yeah, I don't know if I just have an extra soft spot for Hollow Knight. Um, I think one of the things that puts it a little bit under for me is there was a few technical hiccups that were giving me a little bit of issues. Like there was a really emotional scene at the end that was happening and Ori kind of phased out into these polygon oh, beams. Yeah. I heard about those. Yeah. And that I, didn't happen to me specifically. It happened for like a fraction of a second, but it was at the end when she's walking really slowly up to that thing. And it was supposed to be a really emotional, heavy moment. I'm just like, what the fuck? And then there were also like moments where I would go to open up the the map and it would freeze for a couple seconds. Not a couple seconds, but for like a second. Yeah. And just small things like that, which I think keeps it from being on the level of Hollow Knight. But I think that traversal in this game is better than Hollow Knight. Uh, I don't know. Oh, it, my God. The movement in this game is ridiculously satisfying and smooth in I, every way. I compared it to Spider-Man PS4, just like. The no, feeling. this is this blows Spider-Man out of the water. Are you, you think so? Me? I think they're on pretty equal levels. Just the in- pure enjoyment of once you get the hang of the mechanics, just zipping around the whatever the location you are, whether it's in yeah. uh, New York City or in in whatever I forgot the name of the place in or UN. Yeah, but it just movement felt so good and taking basically a lot, borrowing a lot of things from Hollow Knight, like having. Oh a, yeah, a light sword uh, akin yeah. to having the nail. I liked the sword play a lot more because you never finished Ori One, right? No, but I got like a third of the way through it, so it was just you're just running around, hitting, mashing the B button, and just shooting little lasers. Yeah, at it's it's basically like I I'll compare it to Ari's W in League of Legends. Yeah, the kind of like spirity wisp. So attack. The combat know? was kind of a non-factor in the first one from what I played yeah. of it, but now it's such a huge part of it, and you have so many different options with different weapons that you can mix up combat in so many different ways and bringing out different yeah, the, like the pure customization of this game is way better than the first one, but it still feels like the same kind of general gameplay as Ori One, but just way expanded, way better, way more fun. Uh, definitely a very emotional heavy hitting oh, story God, yeah. there's some really good moments um that you kind of don't get in hollow knight hollow knight is a very much subdued subtle story that's told yeah very of, environmentally told story yeah whereas this is very straightforward with what it's doing but mm-hmm. it's so well done and there's so many of those moments where you're just like holy crap they did that or like holy crap i can't believe x happened it, 
which yeah, just right? feels so good to have along with um with such good gameplay. Yeah, I was I was really blown away by Ori and the Will of the Wisps. I didn't think I was gonna love it this much and about halfway oh, man. through I it was, was so and like it's just so gorgeous visually, so cute. The music in it is so the orchestral oh, yeah. music so powerful and really adds to the emotion of all. It's just games. like yeah, there were like some of the moments like after specific story beats where the track is just you know playing when you're walking and it's one of those forced walking moments where like you can't use any abilities, you can't jump, you're just forced to walk slowly in a direction, and the music is like going and it hits you. Yeah, I I really loved this game, Derek. Did you play it oh, at yeah. all? No. Uh... I am refusing to play it until I play the first one. Okay. Valid. That's fair. Um, I ended up looking up a story thing for the first one because I really wanted to play this new one, and I'd only gotten a little of the ways into the first one, and I felt like the story wasn't a huge thing, and I got enough of the gameplay to kind of feel yeah. I could They're go really on the like There's only like one detail, really, that connects the two stories. Yeah. Um, so, And it's it's not even like a full... It's implied at the end of the first game uh the thing that is kind of important in the second i don't know um i'm kind of talking around it a bit but yeah man Whew. uh dante have yeah, you yeah. played any of the ori games uh no i've seen some gameplay on the first one a long time ago when it came out but um i just have never gotten around to it how do you feel uh, about metroidvanias as a whole no i i love them okay. um i i got hollow knight when it first came out i think i got it on the steam sale mm-hmm. um when it was like super cheap uh, but yeah that's just like such an amazing game and uh there's a lot of metroidvanias um that i think kind of go under the radar that are just like really awesome too um i don't know if you you guys have ever heard of a mummy declassifier or Demastered? Demastered? Yeah, I have heard of yeah. that. I heard it has That's no like, right to be as good as it as it is. No, <laughs> and it's like a it goes for the movie, the Mummy. Like it's it goes along with like the wait, Tom, really? Yeah, the Tom Cruise one. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's just like such a stupid game, but it's so awesome. And there's like it's, it's much more of a Metroid shooter than it is uh, Castlevania. It doesn't borrow anything really from Castlevania, but um. Yeah, it's definitely worth, like, uh, if it's on sale or something, it's definitely worth a shout, I'd say. I would definitely recommend Ori and the Will of the Wisps to you if you're a big Hollow Knight fan, because... Absolutely. They're, in my yeah. mind, they're kind, they're basically equals at this point. Well, yeah, I would put them in the same tier, but just give Hollow Knight that edge. Re- okay, I definitely, uh, I'll definitely give it a look then. I, I would like to make a motion to change the genre from Metroidvanias to Ori Knights. Or if anyone, I I will second that. If anyone can follow Hollow Wisps, no, because that only encompasses the second game. That's true. Hollow Ori's. Ori. (laughs) Ori's a spirit. I guess. I don't know. I think Ori Knights might be the. I don't know. Sounds like a. It sounds like a, like one-off esports team. Uh, I was thinking it sounded like a, a dancing movie from the 80s. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah. Ori and the Will of Wisps. Yeah, I finished it up yesterday. It was so good. Everybody Just played that game. all the way through. Um, yeah. I loved that it borrowed the, uh, the, the charm system from Hollow Knight and kind of took its own spin on it. Mm. And even... even just the UI and the menus in that game were so all-encompassing of the game's themes. 
with like did you pay attention much to the menus oh yeah they were so cool uh, with like the the constellations on the side of the bosses mm-hmm. as you beat them yeah and, when you beat them bosses and just like the little glowing lights around the tree on the the inventory menu yeah it all looks yep. so good there was a giant bear in this game so like that's yeah, a Derek, check in my box he had icicles as a beard uh. <laughs> bro because <laughs> he was, he lived in a cold place yeah, <laughs> and he's just like, oh my god, the big so stone low. frog. Like he was a bro. Yeah, Kolok is the best. Kolok is great. Yeah, Derek, you have yeah. to play this game. It's so good. Every every ability I unlocked, it was like it, it didn't feel like it did playing Super Metroid. Where except for the very last ability that you get in the last area, the the launch ability, mm. none of the other abilities really felt like it broke the game wide open. You know, except for the triple jump. The triple jump kind of breaks things a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I would say only a little bit because there's not a lot of areas that you can really like reach that you shouldn't be able to. Yeah, it just lets you. So get I to feel some like it was balanced with that in mind. Early. Yeah, and I feel like it just makes a little bit of the, the platforming a little easier. Yeah. I also equipped a uh, a shard that lets you grapple to an enemy once per jump, mm. and I eventually upgraded it so I can do that twice per jump. So basically, I in combat would just never hit the ground. See, I didn't like that shard. <laughs> really? Which is cool, because then we played the game two totally different ways. Yeah, and I think that's one of the reasons why it puts this such a step above the original is because of the customization that you can add because the first one had a skill tree. Um, but I think for the most part, you could pretty much max out every single yeah. branch of it. And it wasn't so much a tree um, as it was like three paths you could choose. And yeah, those paths like triple, were sequential. Yeah. The triple jump was like one of the last abilities you could unlock in the first game too. But it was like, you know, but yeah, the charm system or the shards, I guess in, in will of the wisps works much better. And it adds that new level of like, being able to play the way you want and so what i was doing in combat especially because i don't know if you noticed too when you hit an enemy with your sword it resets your double jump Whoa! so i would just yeah so i would just basically be airborne the entire time fighting enemies if i could be see i used the bow almost exclusively so i was i did for a while shooting arrows at things it was awesome i consistently had my heal on one of my abilities and then whatever uh other thing was most relevant at the time i think see i always had my bow equipped and always had my sword and then switching out the last one and i had mm. a lot of i had the charm that was making it so i could shoot arrows twice as fast or yeah 25 the one that splits that one too if i was fighting close range against multiple things yeah uh what yep. what percentage completion did you have uh 98 Okay, so yeah, you went back. I got all of the shards. I got all of the abilities. I got all of the life and energy cells. Yeah, I, I did all of that. The only things I missed was the Gorlek ores, some of oh, them. I got all the Gorlek ores, and I got all the seeds, too. The only things I missed were the... What's oh, the, and the trading side quests. I did that, too. So what happens is those. if you finish the trading side quest uh, line you get a thing that just shows you all of the power-ups on the map. Every collectible all, on like, the map. Every collectible? Everything. Oh, okay. So the only things that I, I bought, get... so I bought the maps from from Lupo that show you where all the energy cells, life cells, and shards are. Uh, see, I didn't even do that. I just had so much leftover uh, light shards, so I was able to do it. One of the... There's like a lot of my uh, parts of the map had 99% completion because there were some like balls of light shards that I didn't go and collect. Mm-hmm. And there's a couple, I think two of the time trials that I didn't do. 
Um, but yeah. Oh, I did all the trials. This game's so good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's it's yeah, it's just a step below Hollow Knight for me. And I think the thing that definitively puts Hollow Knight above it for me is because Hollow Knight has a lot more optional content, like optional bosses, you know, more challenging versions of bosses, optional areas. Mm. Uh, whereas Ori is, I think Ori has one, one optional. optional dungeon or area in the game. Yeah, it's not. But it's, other than that, other than that, there's not really a lot that you can uh, do that's not required. Yeah. Uh, aside from just searching and exploring and collecting things. That's fair. So, but yeah, you should. I absolutely recommend it to everybody if they like my Metroidvanias. Top of uh, my list for games of the year so far, for sure. Me too. Yeah. Um. All right. Anything else that you played? Uh. Well, I hit Golden League of Legends and then made the stupid mistake Yay. to keep playing, and I have been writhing. Did you? You can't demote out of gold, right? There's like a hard lock at gold. <sighs> I don't know. I won two games. Definitely shouldn't have won either of them. One of them was a four v five. We were the five. <laughs> And we almost lost. I did lose a 4v5 when I was the 5 the other day. So, you know, I feel you. But I've been playing a little bit more TFT. Yeah, that's um, one of the things I've been playing a lot randomly. As I'm, They yeah. released set 3 for TFT, and I've been playing a bunch, and I don't know why, and I've been loving it. Yeah, I came in second today, got 220 LP. Tight. Derek, did you ever try? I played, uh, I played a game on my phone last night in bed. There you go. See, I think mobile is a big part of why I'm playing it a bunch. Yeah, um, Derek, have you played any TFT? I didn't play TFT, but I did play a little bit of Dota Underlords. What'd you think of that? The auto battler genre. Uh, I liked it for like a little bit, and then I think I and I know I think in uh they've changed some things since I played. Uh, but the matches were too long. Yeah, that's and, one of my things with TFT is that sometimes I'm just like, I just want to play a quick 15, 20-minute match, but then I get stuck in a game for 35, 40 minutes. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's not what I'm it, was, for. it was almost like like I would like, all right, I'm just going to lose now because I don't want to play anymore kind of thing. Yeah. Because uh, it was going on for like, you know, almost an hour. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely can be a bummer sometimes. I feel that. But um, uh, they, they are interesting. I do I do like, like the concept. I, it just... Uh, I don't know. I haven't sunk a lot of time into him. That's fair. What about you, Dante? Uh, Derek really sold me on Dota Underlords. Um, maybe like when was that, Derek? Like uh, six months ago, maybe. Yeah, it was around the time it first came out, I think. Yeah, and uh, I like the idea. I think there was like the that I don't know what the other one was, the auto battler. But I just felt like I spent like way too much time on my phone, like you guys had already said, like. Mm. Um, I was just kind of staring at it, and I also didn't know what the hell was going on. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's see, that's the part that I love though is once a meta develops, so they're on set three for team fight tactics, which is the League of Legends one. Um, mm -hmm. once a meta is figured out, I don't really like playing it as much because I feel like if I don't build one of these three specific comps, I'm gonna lose. I like it when it's the beginning of a new set and no one has any idea what they're doing and it's just kind of chaos and you're winging it. That's when it's at its most fun for me. So maybe I'll fall off of this in a week once people kind of figure out what the best things to play are. But we'll see. Yeah, plus once like a quote-unquote meta does develop, then all I see on Reddit are these page-long spreadsheets of different comps that you can do. But it's like a lot of them are like very specific variations of the same comp, just changing out a couple of things. And I'm like, okay, I'm never going to absorb any of this information. <laughs> I, I played so a game. I definitely... 
agree that I, I like playing it during the most chaotic times. I played a game today where, uh, and this has happened to me a couple times recently. It's like, I just needed a single unit and I couldn't find it. I kept re-rolling. I have 50 gold and I re-rolled to oblivion to try to find it. It would have completed my comp and I couldn't find it. And I was looking, no one had built any of them yet. Cause it's like a shared pool. So if someone builds three of a champion, those champions are taken out of the collective pool. So you're less likely to find it. Uh-huh. Uh, and no one had built one yet, and I just couldn't find it, and I got really mad, and I lost because of it. Um, yeah, I had a I had a similar situation happen to me earlier. Yeah, but sometimes you know. the RNG can be really frustrating in those games, but it still can be really fun. Yeah, I the game I played today, I had uh, three or four three star units, and I lost to a guy with an Echo. Echo's fucking busted. They need to nerf him so bad. Yep, they are not a lot though. They're like taking like. F- 50 damage off of his ability i mean when it's 50 damage to everyone that's actually a pretty solid chunk yeah i guess so but Um, it still feels like he one shots my whole team anyway yeah um cool ori and tft were my two games that i've been playing yeah Um, they're pretty much same i haven't really uh other than animal crossing which we're not talking about playing a whole lot i know that's i know derek anything that you've been playing in the last week that's not those two games animal crossing doom or uh castlevania (laughs) To nobody's surprise, I've been playing Hollow Knight. Oh yeah, another Metroidvania. How's that? Uh, sweet. Yeah, I I started. Oh re- uh, yeah, I don't think I think I might have started after last time you're on. Uh, you're on. Uh, yeah, Andrew. you mentioned uh, it last I, week, but Andrew wasn't here. Yeah, I, I, yeah re- I don't I don't exactly remember you mentioning it. So continue. I I restarted Hollow Knight uh, on my PC, um, and I started playing with a guide because I didn't play the original uh, originally with a guide on the switch and I I think I think I ended up being lost and I kind of fucked myself over so like the big difference is from my I've been like I went back to my old playthrough just to kind of like see where I was and what I was doing um I didn't get any charms in my original playthrough and that's where I think like fucked me up so I I've been like getting everything uh I've been having a ton of fun um I think I'm I'm like getting there uh I'm in the the queen's garden right now uh i just got to that that boss and it's the first boss i've gotten to that i think i've died more than twice at which boss um the lost trader i think is his name right okay like the he's kind of like a big mantis yeah he's a big mantis so okay yeah really i fought that i fought him fairly late yeah i'm pretty late i'm pretty late in the game now i've been playing it a lot okay Um, cool Oh. Yeah. Uh, so he's the first person that uh, has given me like some trouble. I've been like breezing through the game. I feel like um, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if it's been from playing like Metroid, like Metroid, and then I played Castlevania. I just I like feel like I get the genre now. So like I my play style is just like completely different than from when I originally played the game, and uh, like I just understand the combat and the platforming and the movement like so much better. Um. But yeah, it's quickly rising to like one of my favorite games uh, of all time. Yeah, one of yeah, us. Yeah, it, just, get, it us. just gets there. Do you have the DLC too? Uh, I don't know. So I'm playing it. Th- I have it through the through Game Pass, so I don't know. I don't think the DLC mm-hmm. is included. I'm not really sure. I'll have to look into well, it. If you have the opportunity, I recommend it because it adds some. Uh, definitely, at least the first uh, like big pass. The second one is kind of just like adds a big gauntlet mode. Uh, uh-huh. which is which is fun for some people i i dabbled with it for a while but the first uh dlc the nightmare one uh adds a really really cool side quest plus boss fight so 
Um, I would I would recommend it if you get the yeah. shot. I don't think it does. What know, are I, the DLCs that come for it? Play. Uh, I think they just add a few more bosses in some scenarios, and then one of them, the one I'm referring to, adds they uh like an entire other side quest, and then or it's like a kind of like a chain of quests, and it adds a couple more charms and uh like I said, one or two bosses. One of the hardest bosses in the game, actually. Um, and then the second and most recent DLC, which I guess is the final one since Silk Song is on the horizon, uh, just adds uh, an entire new area that's just a, like a series of either more challenging versions of bosses or just gauntlets, uh, which is some of the hardest stuff in the whole game. So, all about that challenge, baby. Yeah. Um, so. You guys seem pretty well versed in uh, Hollow Knight. Um, have you done that? Uh, I think it's called like the White Flower, like the White Lily quest. Yes. Yeah. Man, yep. I, that <laughs> that like almost cost me my sanity. I think. <laughs> I never even attempted it. Uh, really. I, I'm embarrassed to say that I, there's a lot of Hollow Knight that I didn't do. Like I just got the. I don't know if it's considered the bad ending or the most basic ending the first one basically yeah uh and there's a lot of side quest things i never did i never went to the bee hive place hive? I, hive. I didn't even know it existed until i saw a picture of the map and i was like what is that in the corner that looks like a beehive so See, i knew it existed but it took me a while to find it yeah i never went there and i didn't know it was a thing until months after i beat the game so i should go back and play it again and go really kind of sink my teeth into it and yeah especially, especially before silk song comes out and especially after having just beat ori and being really high on ori i would like to get a fresh take on hollow knight and really compare them more accurately and i don't know maybe even claim ori's better who knows um and do uh do trial of the fool no <laughs> you're a fool is that the really really hard stupid thing? Oh, that's the ridiculous one. The the basically I'll put this into into perspective. Once you go to the Colosseum, there are three trials. Uh there's like I don't remember what the first two are called. I did them both in one try. Then the sec- then the the trial of the fool, it took me over 100 tries. Jesus. It's ridiculous. You you did everything in that game, right? Yeah, I've I did everything except for the boss gauntlets in that latest DLC. Loser. Why don't you go do those? Uh, I've I've been trying. <laughs> I go back to it every now and then and just try and do the bosses. Like I, I think I've explained it in a previous episode, but I'll I'll retouch on it. Basically, all those bosses are harder versions that you die in one hit on. So, one hit? Yeah, no. That's one nice. hit. That's insane. Yeah, exactly. And I see screenshots of people all the time on the internet who are like, "I did it. I did all the bosses." I'm like, how even? Like, Jesus. So, maybe one day. I want to do a Steel Soul run. But I probably might not get to it. Maybe now. I'm not really playing anything else. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Let's go back. You and I. Let's play through Hollow Knight again. Okay. <laughs> Just for don't fun. Have to, it's, it's the only game that I have that I still have like installed on my Switch. Usually I archive games I'm not going to go back to. But I still have Hollow Knight installed. Heck yeah. So... Uh, Derek, you know what I just realized and remembered? What? The fourth character for Slay the Spire is out on Switch, and I haven't played it yet. Oh, yeah. I oh, is it? I yeah. I haven't played it yet either. I, I got to go do that uh, relatively soon if I can pry my Switch away from Allison's hands. It's kind of hard <laughs> these days. 
Um, but yeah, I gotta give that. She a shot. been playing Animal Crossing? Yeah, we'll get there. Uh, anything else, Derek? That you've been playing? Uh, I played more Warzone. Uh, now that Solos mode is out, mm-hmm. I've been playing it a little more, and I've been liking it. Nice. Cool. Is that it? Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. Brs are brs. Uh, I like the I like the short time to kill. Uh, because I'm good at it. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm much better with uh short t2ks yeah. uh my aim tends to be bad so if i can get that first shot or two in uh that's usually nice <laughs> and then i can kill yeah. the person whereas if it takes a while i'll get the first couple shots and then they'll have time to turn around and kill me because i'm bad uh i i think i got my first like top three today and i uh, i died in a such a stupid way too i like i had a uav and i was in the final three and for some reason i didn't pop it and then i just walked right into a guy and i was like why didn't i use that i would have seen him and i could have killed him ding dong (laughs) but i like it a lot Nice. i don't know if it'll replace apex for me but uh it's good for now once people get too good at it then i'll probably stop playing we still haven't played why haven't you texted me and said hey jeff come play this with me yeah i downloaded Uh, it and haven't played it with anybody because i usually play during the day oh i don't have that luxury (laughs) Well, yeah. I don't have a job, so that's not true. <laughs> not yet. Um, what about you, Dante? I have, I have two more days of of unemployment. Dante, have you been playing anything interesting lately? Um, I guess uh, most recent thing, other than Doom and Animal Crossing, I've been playing a decent amount of the just recently. The new DLC for Rimworld Rimworld came out. Uh called royalty i don't know if you guys have ever heard of Rimworld before never heard of it oh <laughs> you guys are missing now <laughs> well maybe i don't know it's like a base builder um type genre uh kind of like uh dwarf fortress or prison architecture okay so basically what you do is um you kind of you and three other colonists get um like crash landed on a like rim world type um type planet and you just basically have to build your colony back up you get raided every once in a while and you have to like hunt and gather materials and stuff like that uh it's all like top down uh perspective so hmm. you just kind of build your base. I think the end goal is to like build a spaceship or like become, I think with this new DLC, it's like to become the king of the planet that you're on or something like that. But I just never get that far. Um, it just is kind of like a story making game, I guess, is the thing that they really emphasize on it is that uh, like, you're not really playing to be good at it. You're just playing to get like, a crazy story yeah you're playing for, all about. for the moments right 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 something it like the graphics don't look good in it at all but you can just like i think your imagination has to take over really on it um it's kind of like something like you can somebody's in the surgery bed and you like have to remove their kidney and somebody else needs a kidney so you remove that but like the guy's not a very good surgeon and he ends up removing their leg as well or something like that <laughs> what <laughs> i it's a it's a wild game uh I, I know it's not like really for everybody but i recommend it 
Hmm. Um, if you're into kind of like base building and stuff like that. Interesting. I'll have to give it a look. See what. It's really about. a genre I've given a shot. Yeah. Um. That's like what my like main. I really like city building and uh, base building kind of games. It's <clears throat> they're really interesting, and I just kind of like making up my own story and having like a blank canvas and going from there, kind of like letting creativity take over and stuff like that. Cool. Yeah. All right. Actually, speaking of base building oh, and creativity, Minecraft. that reminds me, I have been playing Minecraft a lot. Like, a lot. How's that? Uh, it's been pretty good. My friend and I started a survival world on the Windows 10 version because the Java version, she has it on some other system. So, I can't, I have to play the inferior version in order to do a survival world over the internet. Hmm. Um, but yeah, it's been really fun. Nice. Have you ever tried playing it with uh like mods enabled? Uh like just in general? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Back in the back in the day a friend a lot of my friends and I used to play around with like uh uh one of the biggest mod packs at the time was Techit or Technic. Right, um, right, right. And then I really wanted to try Feed the Beast, but never had the capacity to do it until it kind of died out. Um yeah. Yeah, but most of the I time do- I just play vanilla. Yeah, and I once I played with mods, like I just could never go back. I felt like really? I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it like ruined it for me. But I think the yeah, vanilla it depends now is on the so mod much for better. Me. Yeah, yeah, because every time I go back to it, their vanilla has added so much more, and every time there's still so much in vanilla that I haven't done. There's a bunch of like biomes and things I've never found and things I haven't built and just the, the amount of things like when I play Minecraft usually I just like to kind of take the area I'm given and and do as much creatively with it as I can and so that kind of spends a lot fills up a lot of my time so then I never actually do get to go do those extra things so vanilla has always been enough to keep me satisfied and a lot of mods are, are really overwhelming sometimes for me. Oh yeah, definitely. And um, I, but I think vanilla is just like so fleshed out from like uh, oh yeah, one like original re- release. I think they have like fish swimming around in the water now, and like yeah, I was walking through around. the forest and there were foxes. I was like, when did this happen? So. <laughs> yeah. Andrew, did you change your Discord picture to Jean Ralphio in the middle of the podcast? <laughs> yeah, I did. <laughs> I think I hate you. Uh, all right let's let's go take a break uh and then when we come back we'll talk about the big bad doom and animal crossing releases because we've been playing them and we got some things to say about them for sure so we'll be back in seconds for you guys All right, we are back, and we're going to be talking about the two big releases that happened this last week, Animal Crossing and Doom Eternal. Um, I only played one of them. Andrew, I played Animal Crossing. Andrew, you played Animal Crossing. Dante and Derek, you both Correct. played both? Yes. Um, we t- played both. You, I, um, I was looking at the movie Doom. Maybe Derek told me the wrong thing. <laughs> we're not supposed to watch the rock movie are you <laughs> with doom are you making a funny is, yeah, is that man, what just maybe. happened <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah. Uh, okay 
I don't know if it landed very well. No, no, it didn't. All right, we can restart if you want. No, no, no we're going to keep going. We're going to leave that in. Um, oh, God. Did you play Doom Eternal by chance? Yeah, no, I did. I did okay. play Doom Eternal. Let's start with Doom Eternal then, because that's going to be a two-person conversation where Animal Crossing will be a four-person conversation. So what did you guys think of Doom Eternal? Uh, I'm going to kind of let you two kind of stare yourselves and talk about whatever you want, because I have no input. Go. Derek, you can, you can go first. Uh, what All would right, you like so- to say? Uh, I really, really like it. Yeah. Um, it, I, so I'm playing it on, uh, ultra violence, which I think is, uh, the third highest of like the normal difficulties before they get their, like the weird, like, you know, like one life difficulty or like that. So it's like the hard more hard mode. Right. Mode. That, yeah. That's what I'm playing on right now yeah. as well. Um, I like it way more than the original or than doom 2016. Yeah, uh, just because uh, like the movement and I, it takes a while to kind of get into. I I found. Um, I don't I don't know how how you feel, but like it y- once you start like learning all the possibilities of movement and like learning like okay when you go into like the battle arenas like it take a second and like look at it before you like jump into the battle. If you can, because then because it's good to know, like, okay, this is the shape of everything. This, you know, there's some cover over here. If I want to need to go, you know, escape some enemies. Um, but it's it's not like I don't know, the original. I felt like or in Doom 2016 is much more gunplay centric, and then like the movement is like part of it. It's kind of like yeah, I gotta move around because I gotta like go get like ammo and stuff. Whereas like this game. It's almost it's almost feels more like uh, like a Devil May Cry game or uh, like Bayonetta or um, kind of you know like a uh, a character based action game where you're like pulling off combos and you're not necessarily like focusing a, a an enemy down to kill them you're kind of like running around and like maybe put some bullets into that guy but. You need to keep moving, so you know you leave him for a second and go fight this other guy. Um, the I really, really like the pacing of it. Um, so you, you guys who haven't played the levels, basically are they're pretty, pretty long, and then uh, there's like basically little arenas, like five arenas throughout each level, and like be- between there between each arena is basically like a little like some platforming sections and maybe some mem- uh, enemies here and there and like secrets to look for and then you get to the battle and it's just like you're in this little arena space and you're just so, fighting waves of enemies yeah it sounds pretty similar to the gameplay loop of the first game yeah so yeah um, it, yeah um so yeah it's it's similar to that um I, it's just like it's somehow different i don't know how to explain it um okay but I think it's I, and I think it's the movement. I just think that the game is so much so much more movement focused. If you're not good at moving around and uh, like quickly and keeping yourself moving, you're gonna die a lot. Uh, and I so how is the movement different from the first game? So they're they added the uh, you've probably seen a bunch of trailers. They added the the monkey bar things that you can like swing on that add some like verticality. Um, okay. There's there's the double jump as usual. Mm-hmm. Then there's uh, the kind of like um, 
what do you call it? like a dodge move where you can basically you press the button twice and you just jump like forward and then you can jump backwards and okay. I don't I can't remember what it's called. Oh, it's uh, more of a more of a dash. Than yeah, it is, that's uh, what. It, yeah, it's a, yeah, it's a dash. Yeah. Uh, so you, you're like using that all around these arenas to like move around. Uh, you might use the dash to like escape and get away from someone or to like flank them to a better position to kill them. Um, yeah, it's the glory kills are way, way more important. Uh, I feel like in really? the, in the original, they seemed I, pretty important in the original. I guess this might now this might be just play style differences. I feel like in the original, I didn't use them that often. Um, it was kind of like if I had an opportunity or if I was close by, I would, I would do it. But like in, in this one, the glory kills are basically your main way of healing. Uh, so if you're like low on health, you just got to do some glory kills. Uh, the chainsaw feels like more important because it's instant ways to get a lot of ammo. The, the, the animal ammo economy is, is way, there's a lot less ammo placed around the, throughout the levels. So you you like you got to use the cha- utilize the chainsaw well, um, and it recharges uh, now instead of oh, okay. having to find like the gas tanks. It, the, the first the first bar recharges, so you like basically you'll always have one bar to like kill off you know like a, a one of the fodder enemies to just like regain right. some ammo real quick. Okay. Uh, yeah, I that's I kind I really like it. I'm having a lot of fun. Each battle is like equally stressful, but also fun and satisfying once you like complete it. I just beat uh, like the first boss, and like that it was it was a lot of fun. Yeah, I think um, maybe we might be playing it in like two different play styles because I just play very like frantically and just like a ton of enemies are like constantly chasing me. Um, <laughs> Maybe that's not the right way to play it, but um, no, I, I I would say that yeah, it's you're it's frantic, it's chaos. Yeah, um, <laughs> it's just kind of like uh, what you said about the econ- like the like even like health health economy, um, armor economy and ammo economy, they're all kind of like balanced out by how or like what you do to kill a demon, which I right. that's what I really like about it. So like if you need the if you need armor, you use the flamethrower to like mm. farm the armor. If you need ammo, you use the chainsaw. Or if you need health, you do a glory kill, which I think is like a really novel idea. It, it, yeah, it felt like it feels like it gives more purpose to each of your your things um, instead of just like here's some sh- stuff and like use it or don't. Uh, I really like how they added uh, weak points. Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. So, uh, one of the big things oh, really? is, um, you can they they tell you like right away. So, like the new the 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 cyber arachnid demon, whatever they're called, um, cyber arachnatron arachnatron, they immediately tell you like the first time you encounter one, like, hey, if you shoot the cannon on top of it with like a the grenade launcher attachment for the shotgun or the sniper attachment for the machine gun you'll get rid of it and they'll be a lot easier to deal with. Uh, the first time you fight a uh, cacodemon, it's like just throw a grenade in its mouth, instant glory kill, or you can go instantly gl- glory kill it. They're gone. So they kind of tell you like, Hey, here's some quick ways to deal with these enemies. If you ca- like when you can like fit it into the flow of your battle. Uh, at least that's how I've kind of like approached it. 
Yeah. I think I saw somebody online saying like, don't worry about playing it on the lowest difficulty because the game is supposed to make you feel like the biggest badass in the world. So like mm-hmm. adding, adding things like that um, just make you feel like invulnerable to like anything that's coming at you. Like you already know their weaknesses and like all their yeah. defaults and stuff like that. So yeah. It, it always, it always feels like uh, at least when I, when I die, it's like, not because the game is throwing too much at me or it, like, yeah, like spawning endless waves. And it's like, you know, like uh, COD World at War where these enemies just are endless spawning and throwing grenades at you and there's nothing you can do. You just have to hope you get to a checkpoint. It's like it, when I it's like, oh, I like wasn't watching my health. That's why that's why I died. Or, uh, oh, I, I got too close to. Uh, this enemy and it bit you know it hit me hard i should you know make sure i keep my distance from him or you know it's it it always feels like it's my mistake and not the game being too difficult like the game is easy if i'm executing correctly and that's that's really satisfying at least for me um as a as a gamer yeah and i (laughs) i think um to to build on that. I think that's like what the game is for to like make you feel like untouchable almost. Right. And um, like they give you every and any uh, sort of like possibility or like chance of knowing, like if you're about to be low on ammo or if you have no health, you know, there's like constant like bleeps yes. and little reminders pings and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, something that I really uh, enjoy about it is that um, they've like made a story, not a full story, but like a decent, you know, you're not just like running through like thousands of enemies and stuff like that. Um, I find myself like reading all the codex entries and stuff like that, which is super boring, but I really like that, like deep lore that comes with it. Kind of, I looked it made me want to look up um, what the story that I missed was in Doom um, to, uh, 2016, but I looked it up and there wasn't really any story I missed. Yeah, yeah the story in 2016 was the part I definitely paid the least attention to. The, right, and you're not really supposed to pay attention to it. It's just kind of like a bullet hell and then like that's kind of what giving I at least some reason for why you're you know swimming through these hordes of demons right and i think this one covers it it's just kind of puts it in codex if that's what you want to do you don't have to do it which is an awesome choice that i mean i like to have because i'm like the kind of person who reads like mass effects codex and stuff like that mm-hmm. yeah they're definitely doing like a, a little little world building kind of setting uh the stage a little bit more um it was a little jarring i think at first going in just being like okay uh like at the end of 2016 you know you you like destroy the argent tower and and um seemingly like stop something but like obviously something you know earth shit's already happening but then like all of a sudden you're in your doom castle in the sky and it's like where the fuck did all this shit come from like why didn't i have that <laughs> before and yeah. uh but 
it doesn't matter that much, which it's like, okay, whatever. Let me get into the game. Um, I know I have seen some like criticisms online of that, like sometimes cutscenes uh, break up the gameplay and stuff like that. But for me, I, like usually it's after like an intense battle, like you just beat, you know, you just fought off a bunch of hordes of enemies and it like breaks into a cutscene and like, that's like a nice, like, okay, like I can relax for a second. Like the game, you know, it's kind of like, Hey, good job. Now here's, you know, a quick minute to catch your breath while we like pop in some story, if you're interested. And then like, then right. you get on to continue playing. It never felt like it was like forced. It like broke up the game in a weird way, but I don't know. Some people were like, like, Oh, why, why is doom have cutscenes like breaking up the gameplay? And it's like, I don't think you're completely getting why it's, you know, to give you that breather. If you don't need that breather. Okay. I guess you're some insane robot human that can just, kill demons for hours on end without a break but i know yeah. i needed a a little breather yeah i think uh, i well, from a lot of people i see that were doing reviews they just like only could play for like an hour because it's like so much sensory overload that um yeah which is it's really intense. awesome i think it's, it's extremely intense and if something can make you feel in such a way that you only want to play it for like an hour to an hour and a half that um i think it's doing its job because it's yeah. supposed to be intense as hell. So, um, I, one one thing I wanted to to bring up that I thought it was really interesting. Uh, I watched a video from Polygon uh, today that was called uh, uh, "Doom Eternal is the Evolution of Slapstick Comedy." Um, what? Yeah, it was really. I th- at first, I thought it was like, okay, this is kind of like some joke video, but what it kind of all makes sense. Like, so. Kind of for for a summary, it talks a lot about uh, how, like, obviously it goes in kind of the history of slapstick comedy, um, you know, brings up like, you know, the the Three Stooges, uh, even goes on with the comparison that do, uh, the Three Stooges is just doom eternal for boomers. <laughs> so can um, I call them <laughs> the, the doomers? Whoa. <laughs> okay, doomer. Uh <laughs> But uh, the big thing, uh, the the kind of like the the high level thing is Doom Eternal does its gore in a more uh, kind of acceptable way than than other games, and and it's it's because it's presented in a way that slapstick comedy is presented, um, like when you rip the horn off a demon and then shove it down in his throat. <laughs> Yeah, like it's kind of funny. <laughs> uh, one of the things it says is like, you know, you you go up to the big mancubus. He's this big, fat, you know, giant demon with cannons on its arm. And you you take a thing out of its chest and shove it down its throat because it loves to eat so much. You know, and it's kind of like a classic, like curly, you know, eating too much. So Mo, you know, shoves it in his face. I, you know, I like it definitely made me see the game in like a little bit of a, a different light. And I was like, Oh, cause it makes a comparison to, uh, uh, like, um, the last of us where some of those deaths are like when you get attacked by a clicker or something are just extremely gory and they're shocking. They like, I, I don't, when I played like some of them, I was like uncomfortable watching, but you probably do half as gory shit 
as the main character in Doom, but it's not it's just presented in a way that feels more acceptable because it's not like it's so it's over the top to shocking. Yeah, it's so over the top that it's not realistic at all. So, and it's right. so frequent it's, it's too. silly. It's like it's silly, like the, the three stooges hitting each other on the head with hammers and stuff. You know, I, it's like, yes, that should be painful, but it's funny because the way it's presented. So, yeah, like I, this little, I this definitely little demon agree. walks up to you and he's ribbon in half. Yeah, it's uh, it definitely made me look at the game. Like maybe appreciate the game a little more. Uh, even if that's not what they were going for. <laughs> But, like, even when you die, you just, like, fall over. In this incredibly gory game where you're just, like, blowing up. Yeah. Uh, like, snapping people's necks and doing all this stuff. Like, when you die, you just fall over. You just topple over. Like, and it was super unsettling in the rise of the Tomb Raider when, like, Laura Croft got, like, oh. spiked on a piece of wood. Or, like, yeah. Leon Kennedy got his head chopped off. Um, But... Yeah. So yeah, I definitely would you agree with that. Hmm. I like I, that. I would recommend uh it to anyone. And I even if you've never played Doom or Doom twenty sixteen, uh I would re- I would re- definitely recommend it. It's it's a different kind of game it's a different kind of first person shooter uh right now. All right. I well, think Doom Doom twenty sixteen was a breath of fresh air, and this is even a more of a breath of fresh air. I uh, I think maybe I'll give it a shot then. I'm trying to play more games out of my comfort zone, and this is never a game that I would ever really consider playing. So, um, but with such a high recommendation from you, you're making it sound like it's really fun. And I always tended to play both Call of Duty campaigns and Halo campaigns on the hardest difficulty. So this feels like it kind of fits that idea of like a brutal first person shooter so maybe i'll it, like it yeah i played uh i played 2016 on i think the normal difficulty it was called hurt me plenty uh and it was fairly challenging for me i'm not the best at first person shooters so i uh feel like you know even just that is is challenging enough <laughs> hmm. All right. yeah and they have even more like uh they have like a i don't know if you remember what it's called derek but there's a more intricate like difficulty setting where it's almost like the original doom where you have like three lives and then the game is over if you can't um you can also like find new like you can find like one ups throughout the stage but um that's like that's it you just get three lives and if you're if you run out of them you have to restart the entire game over yeah i think it's like ultra nightmare or something yeah yeah so I don't know. I don't know if that's like, I think that's almost like sadistic, but. Uh, yeah, it's definitely, it seems like one of those game modes uh, from the likes of, you know, like or difficulties from the likes of like Devil May Cry. I know you play a lot of those, Dante, where like it's something you do after you play the game through once and you like understand right, right. The, the, the systems. So you're like, okay, let's see how good I can really be at this game. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I completely agree with that because I mean I played replayed Devil May Cry, um, the white haired Dante uh, five times. Yeah, the, the reboot, like increasing difficulty. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the reboot for one one uh, <laughs> one game. One, uh... All right, so you, you, it sounds like you convinced me to maybe give this game a shot. It sounds pretty fun. So 
Um, yeah, the only reason I uh, I haven't gotten it yet is because I was in the middle of three other games when it came out. Yeah. So, but now that I've finished those games, I it's the next on my list for sure. Uh, speaking of games that you convinced me to get, Derek, <laughs> Animal Crossing also came out. Yes, and the, we're going in like a complete polar opposite direction here. Honestly, these are the uh, two what you most mean? far apart games you could possibly have coming out on the same day. No, um, they're the same. So yeah, uh, I went into Animal Crossing not knowing what to expect because I've never played an Animal Crossing game before. I've never really been a fan of um, simulation type games. Uh, day one, I thought to myself, this game's really boring and I think I hate it. <laughs> uh, I'm on day four or five today and I think I'm hooked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I think i'm like all in um i definitely have well, yeah some, this one starts you off so slow i I definitely have some issues with it but yeah i felt like there's so many things in this game that it kind of you get to a point where you feel like oh i guess i'm done playing today and i'll, uh-huh. I'll come back to it later because say you get the museum built uh, or uh and you can't do anything with it until the next day when Blathers comes and actually sets up the museum, you know, uh, stuff like that. I don't think works very well, but I know that's just what animal crossing is. Right. So I feel like, and I I'm coming from like not having played an animal crossing since, uh, the original, um, oh, really? it seemed like, this yes i would agree it has a very slow start and a little too slow Mm, that's Uh, what i was feeling yeah and i because i want to say the original didn't real it doesn't really have this slow start like you you move in you get your house and then tom looks like hey you owe me ninety thousand bells and you're like all right time to start work paying that off and like you know meeting all the people who already live here and and i guess the big difference in is in this one they want you to be able to build your own town so it's like okay we have to the game can't start in an already you know built up thing but it does have its whole thing where now it starts slower you've Mm. played more of the recent games right andrew um i only i the only other animal crossing game i've ever played is new leaf and i only played it for a little bit i couldn't quite get hooked uh but so i decided i'd give this one a try um and i actually like that it started off as slow as it did because i think the main difference with new leaf is like you said you know in this game you're building your own town so you're starting from scratch uh and i like that it is kind of drip feeding all of the the aspects of the game to you and it only starts you off with two villagers and you know you have to get the museum and build it and then you know i'm in the process of building the shop and uh you know occasionally i'll get some like other characters to show up on my island and i'm kind of just like you know, doing things step by step for now. And I think at least for me personally, it's, uh, it's a lot like it's a more satisfying loop for me because it's animal crossing. Isn't a game I'm looking to play for like three plus hours at a time. Uh I like that. I can wake up, 
say, okay, I'll go play for a half hour, you know, find something new to do on the day and then be done with it and go back to my other long list of games to play. Uh, yeah, I think, I think that by itself is, is much more enjoyable. Yeah. I think it's just frustrating to like, there was just a moment where I was so engrossed in it and I wanted to keep playing, but uh, my inventory was full of bugs and fish that I needed to give to the museum guy to so that they could be cataloged and I didn't want to sell them hoping that I would find them again later but the museum wasn't there yet and I didn't want to get rid of these things so I was in this weird spot where it's like I felt like the game was forcing me to kind of stop playing for that day and I, I don't think that's a really good feeling like I don't know it's weird as a whole I'm enjoying it though and I it would I don't mind that it's slow. I just don't like being halted entirely. Uh I also have issues with my tools breaking, which I apparently is new oh, yeah. due to the series. Um I that's really annoying and unnecessary, I think. When it's a game Yeah, one of the first things I did was go and get the upgraded tools and I thought that those would be permanent because they just say like axe. It doesn't yeah. say flimsy axe. There's no, you know, pre um prefix to it it's just axe so i was like okay this is the permanent axe i'll have this for the rest of the game and then it broke and i was like oh cool yeah i don't like that um i i have a weird feeling derek that you're gonna bring it up uh, bring up breath of the wild and be like well <laughs> things break in breath of the wild and you're okay with that and the That's difference literally is what i was thinking the difference is in breath of the wild i'm constantly getting newer cooler stronger weapons whereas when my axe breaks in this i have to go make the same shitty axe again and it's just an inconvenience more so than uh, like finding better stuff because there's only the one axe that you can turn into the one slightly better axe. You know, it's not like I'm getting an insane. I know at some point you get an axe that doesn't break like very late in the game. Wait, do you really? Yeah. Eventually you can make. Gold I know there's like a, the I know tools. there's a golden axe, but they still break. Do they? Yeah. Oh, I assumed that those just didn't break. That's no, I read somewhere today that they do still break. That's dumb. It might, I guess it might be after a really long time, but they still, I guess, will happen. Yeah, I don't like that the tools break. Um, but other than those two things, I'm, yeah, I'm hooked pretty hard. Uh, I'm in the unique situation where I'm sharing my Switch with Allison, and so the way it works is we're both on the same island. And a lot of people are kind of complaining about that and how they'd have to buy a whole new switch for their uh significant other to have their own island but i'm enjoying having her on the same island because we kind of hand it off and we're communicating with each other and so right now we're trying to build the shop and i gave uh one of the guys whoever it was 30 wood uh 30 of each kind of wood and now we need to give him 30 or and i only had 20 so while we're recording this i was like all right allison here's your goal go to different islands, find 10 ore, drop it outside of my house. And when we're done doing this, I'll go pick it up and I'll go get the shop set up so that tomorrow we'll have the shop. And it's kind of really fun going back and forth and playing alongside her and working towards similar goals. And I'll like, uh, I play at lunch during work and I'll be like, Oh, I just caught this fish. Have you brought this fish to the museum yet? Uh, uh-huh. she's like oh yeah i already have one of those don't worry about it uh or oh i've never even heard of that that's so cool so i don't know i'm really enjoying playing alongside with her and kind of sharing this island and us 
collaborating together. I can see where some people would have the feeling of, I want to do this on my own. I don't want anyone to have any influence on it. And I want to have all the say in everything, but I don't know. I'm enjoying the, the kind of dual experience that I'm sharing right there. So it's pretty fun. Yeah, that definitely seems like a, like a really cool way to experience it, especially with a significant other. Mm. Um, it feels kind of, it sounds kind of similar to how uh, my friend and I are doing our Minecraft world, um, you know, kind of, you know, being able to collaborate and, and do all that stuff seems fun. Now, do you guys have your own, you mentioned uh, drop the ore outside of your house. Do you guys have separate houses Yeah, for so, two different players? So we each have our own uh, house and so obviously you guys know when you start on a new island, it kind of cuts the island off into a third and you mm-hmm. can't get past that river yep. until you make the pole vault. Uh, so the way we did it is I have one half of that uh, initial part and then she has the other half and then we decided, okay, past the river split, uh, I get these two sections and you get this one big section and we kind of like, so like I'll farm this area for resources, you farm that area for resources. If either of us are looking for anything in particular, we're kind of pool them together when we need to. Um so yeah we kind of have our own sections of the island and then the common area in the middle where the town is and the museum is and stuff like that dummy planted her coconut trees in the grass she's making fun of me for planting my coconut trees in the sand i was like guys have coconuts yeah i found coconuts on another island but how do you so you visited other islands yes so hold on let me i was trying to do that today and i couldn't figure out how to do it let me finish my coconut rant so she was making fun of me (laughs) and her tree is still like this tiny little sprout and mine's already halfway grown because apparently they're supposed to be in the sand because that's where i found it now who's dumb allison (laughs) um so what you need to do is there's the nook miles ticket uh yeah i have one of those yeah. Okay. So you take that and you go to the airport and you give it to the guy, and he, right, and he'll let they'll take you to a remote random island, and you just it's uninhabited huh. and you just go there and there's rocks and trees and water and bugs and stuff. So just basically a place uh-huh. for you to gather resources and go back once okay. you've kind of depleted your place for the day. It's that, very important. Yeah, that could be helpful. Maybe I was trying to visit specifically my friend's islands. Ah, so in order to do that, so. you have to have your friend be playing, and then they have to go to the airport and tell the guy to open up the gate, and then you can go to your friend's islands. Wow. Yeah. So you kind of have to communicate Damn with it. your friend a little bit, or just go in, and every time you start up the game, just open up your gates so people can kind of wander in. I, today, I went to the airport oh, okay. to see if I anyone had their gates open, and no, no one did. Um, uh, but... Yeah, yeah. I've been yelling. I've been yelling at some of my friends to come visit my island, but I have literally no idea how it works until now. So, oh, yeah. so you got to go open your gates. Uh, Dante, have you you've been playing this, right? What do you think? Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't. I think it's great. Uh, I've played every part of uh, every installment of oh, the wow. series up to now, um, not including like the really crappy, like what is it? Welcome Amiibo, and then we don't, uh, we don't speak of Amiibo. <laughs> 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 all right that that one won't be named then but yeah so i i'm really enjoying it um i'm really trying not to um to do the time traveling yeah uh, yeah i have not that, done any time traveling i have no intention that's what i always fall traveling. victim to <laughs> uh so yeah 
So yeah, I don't know, but I think uh, maybe one thing that uh, we missed what we were ta- uh, when we were talking about it is the sounds in the music. Uh, it's always been like such a staple part of like the Animal Crossing franchise, mm. and um, I just think like the music is so uh, like m- melodic and just like in the background, it's just such a nice soundtrack and just like you can really tell all the attention to detail that they put into making it. Um, I think the, the word just... I think the word that I would use is delightful for all like the sound effects and music. It just Oh yeah, definitely. puts a subtle smile on my face and puts me in such a mood of contentness and just okay, I'm just going to I'm going to play this game and it's going to be fun. And I honestly Yeah, yeah. I didn't think I was going to enjoy this game like I am cuz at first like I said at first I was like this is boring and dumb. And now I'm just I'm in it. So yeah, it's definitely just the music and just the atmosphere and the way all the characters look and sound it just yeah just puts a smile it's really delightful yeah i was um texting my friend and i was saying like even like the little like the little like plinks and plonks i would describe them as like when you have things on your phone or you like um like do something at the airport or even like open up a menu just sounds so like aesthetically pleasing it's almost like asmr but you know like without Mm. the weird ear microphones and stuff like that I can't describe how satisfied I feel when I'm typing something out and you just hear the little voices like saying the letter or numbers and you're just like, it's so, I don't know. I love it. It just makes me so happy. Yeah. Uh, I'm really digging this game. I didn't think I was going to, I'm going to be completely honest, but now I'm playing it at least an hour, if not more every day. And I'm just chipping away. I have no intention of time traveling because for me, it's not about the destination of where I end up. It's doing the stuff along the way. That's fun. Um, yeah, so. I have no desire to like accelerate the progression in this game. Yeah, it's the progression itself that I'm enjoying. So yeah, I think yes, we're on the same page with that one. Um, so yeah, yeah, I think it comes it c- comes at like such a perfect time um, in like our lives. Uh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> to come out like just honestly to be able to do just like i don't know it's almost like an escape from the daily life i know that sounds like a little bit too much but i just it's just nice to like kind of zone out and like pick weeds and fish and i was trying to explain it to my girlfriend a couple nights she was like what do you do in this game and i was like oh you know you just uh catch bugs and fish and make money and make designs plant trees pay off your debt (laughs) and i was like when you say it out loud it just kind of sounds like boring but i think it's just like a nice escape i mean i spent like two hours two solid hours making a sweatshirt design i don't know if you guys are into (laughs) design i haven't even tried that yet i've been meaning to do that and go in there and make something fun but i haven't even done that maybe i'll make a game shark shirt it's like a it's a definite time (laughs) event time hole or do that and then send it to me i will do that um yeah i'm really (laughs) happy with this game um it's definitely always going to be remembered as the game that came out during the 2020 pandemic um Uh and it's gonna be it's gonna be put on a pedestal as the game that was like the perfect distraction for everyone during this really shitty time and it's definitely i saw I saw a blurb today that said this is the exact opposite energy of the 2016 Pokemon Go craze. <laughs> yeah. 
yeah, that just got everyone out and interacting with each other and being mad social and running yep. around and being crazy. And this is just everybody sitting inside, staying home and paying off that raccoon. <laughs> and just, yeah, that dumb fucker. Um, Derek, give me your general thoughts before we kind of wrap things up here because we haven't heard a lot from you about it. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, I like it. I like that the game, I didn't like, I think it did start too slow. Uh, I didn't like that I played for an hour and was like, well, I guess that's it for now. Yeah. Uh, so I like, like, I couldn't donate to the museum. I couldn't do anything with my, like, I didn't want to do anything with my house because I was upgrading my house. Couldn't build the, like, didn't have the chance to build the, the shop yet. So I was like, like, I'm not going to just go fish around for an hour like, I just did that kind of, too. So I was like, you know what? I'll put it down and I'll pick it back up. So I've been playing it, like, every morning for, like, an hour and then, like, maybe an hour or two later in the day. And it's been great. Like, I wake up in the morning. I pop it in. Uh, I play a little bit. You know, do what I'm like, all right, what do I got to do today? And what do I have to do? Like, what's what's kind of next on my list of things to do? So, like, right now I'm like, oh, I got to finish building uh, I don't know how far you guys have gotten. I, I just got three, or I'm at the part where you, or yeah, not at the part, but I have the opportunity to build three new houses for new residents to come live at my island. I have not uh, done that yet. Definitely have not gotten there. So the way it works is, so it, it involves the Nick Miles, and when you go to the island, sometimes there's people there, and you can invite them to come live at your island. Um, so I invited people, Now I've got three people coming in. So the way it, it works, though, is you, it Tom Nook doesn't just build the house. Um, you have to go and build like welcome furniture. So it's like okay. he's giving you new recipes for you to use for yourself. But also you have to build there's six things for each house that you have to build for before the person can, can move in. So and they're each all of them, I think, are like wood based. So involves a lot of wood. Um, but it's like a good way to like uh like build some things and kind of see all right oh that look i kind of like this uh log table maybe i'll build one for myself um so i'm like finishing that up uh i've got the museum i just got the new nook shop and so and i'm like maybe twenty thousand bells from paying off my first house and getting ready to build that you know upgrade to the next one so i'm i'm like all right there's tons of things for me to do now and i feel like great being able to boot it up, play it for an hour or two here and there and like make some progress and put it down. Yeah. Once you uh, get I'd to like... that point uh, where it's kind of like you're free to do various things and you're not shoehorned into doing a couple things and waiting. That's when it really opens up. But I think really excels and it's like, all right, yeah, you're just in the groove now. Yeah. I, I like having a game that I can just pick up and put down in i don't have to play it for a certain amount of time to do anything specific i can just like make little progress in any simple ways whether it's like you know building new furniture for my house or or building you know building up the town uh, i don't know it's it especially feels different like playing like hollow knight or doom where like i open it up and i just want to like all right i gotta get to the next boss or i gotta beat this level um you know, there's no, there's not that feeling with Animal Crossing. It's just, yeah, I'll just play. Right. And I, I say it feels great to 
play an hour or two of stressful doom and then just like open this up and just like relax for an hour. <laughs> uh, I would like yeah. to formally complain about blathers and, and his <laughs> hatred for bugs because collecting bugs is my absolute favorite thing to do in this game and yeah and he hates and he hates them and when i saw that he hated that and how much he loves fish and how much he loves fossils and he hates bugs and it makes me really hate him and i'm really mad about it uh and yeah i'm really mad about that because i really like bugs and he's a dick so um so i thought you guys might have been way ahead of me but it seems like it's the other way around um i thought i was like lagging behind but i've I did what Derek did, and I don't want to spoil anything for um, for anybody else. But there's a lot more cooler like design choices in like um, different like building stuff that you get into after you build the houses for the residents. So uh, I oh, just say cool. look forward to that. Um, okay, sweet. That uh, that I really liked when I visited Derek's island, and there was like something that I noticed that looked really cool, but the way that Derek, the way that you made that fence and your Island just in a couple days, you'll know what I mean, but it just gets a lot easier. (laughs) Yeah. I, I built that whole fence around my house and then I made the only bridge in the Island between my house and I have, I I got a weird thing going on with my Island. I'm not going to let anyone else go to the rest of the Island and everyone's going to live in the first third. And then I, the rest of the Island is mine. (laughs) (laughs) You know that people so, can't interact with it unless you declare them as best friends, right? So you don't have to worry about that? I mean my residents of the island. Oh, I see. You're going to cram them all into one small yeah, area? I, unless they some horizons. <laughs> well, my, my plan is to completely, like, knock down all the trees and basically make it, like, an actual town once you, like, get all that more stuff. And then, like, the rest of the island will just be, like, untouched resources and stuff. That's my plan, anyways. All right. It might change. I like it. What's your What's your native fruit? Uh, cherries. Oh, apples. Dante, say I, peaches. I have pears. Fuck! I also have pears. pears. I was gonna say if we had all four <laughs> different fruits. Uh, well, I gotta, you have uh, you have coconuts too. Now, I did find coconuts. So. Did you guys find coconuts? I did no, find coconuts. Yeah. Okay. I have some cherry trees because Tom Nook gave me some cherries, but I want more fruit. I randomly found oranges and planted some orange trees, so I got that going for me. But I got to come get cherries from you, Andrew, and apples. Or no, cherries from Derek and apples from Andrew. Just so I can get those going. You can just use the uh, Nook Miles tickets, too. Uh, Gives you, like, a randomly generated island every time. So sometimes they're, like, uh, natural growing, um, like, other types of fruits. So if you're not able – like, if you don't have – friends who have switches you can always do that too True. so i think they made that a little bit more inclusive for you for people cool all right well it sounds like we're all very high on animal crossing and it came yeah. out a very good time and yeah it definitely, definitely came out at the perfect time given given the events of the last week for me this is the only game that i wasn't getting frustrated with in some capacity so <laughs> definitely was what i needed yeah definitely good stuff all right who wants to wrap up this episode with some trivia? Yeah, let's do it. Sound good? Me. Uh, let's keep the vibe yeah. nice and chill by doing some Animal Crossing trivia. How does that sound? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
All right. Uh, so we're on an honor system here, doing it this way, guys, because I can't check your answers by having you write them down on a whiteboard. Um, so everyone just kind of, if someone says an answer before you and you know that's the right answer, but you were going to say something else, honor system. I'm trusting all of you. All right. You guys ready? Yep. Question yeah. number one. What is the name of Tom Nook's two assistants, who I'm pretty sure are his kids? Does everybody have an answer in mind? Yeah. Yep. Okay. This seems like everyone's going to get it. What do you think, Derek? Timmy and Tommy. Dante? Timmy and Tommy. Down- Timmy and Tommy. <laughs> yeah, it's Timmy and Tommy. Um, I wrote this question, uh, and I wrote that I'm pretty sure they're his kids, but I actually learned afterwards that they're his nephews. Yeah. Yeah, that's fun. I think Tom Nook's a bachelor. Is he? <laughs> Ooh, he I seems don't know. Like it. He's always drinking a beer in the tent. <laughs> At least that's where's what his, I call it. Where's his wife, <laughs> Tammy? <laughs> Tammy Nook. Uh, I question... think it's like a Scrooge McDuck thing, isn't it? That would make sense. Yeah. Yeah. Scrooge McNook. Goontails. Definitely also with the money thing. Yeah, he's obsessed. Um, all right, question number two. What kind of animal is Orville? What do you guys think? Does, does everyone know? Does everyone know who Orville is? No. <laughs> no? No? I think I'm pretty sure I got it. Um, all right, let's start with Andrew. What kind of animal is Orville? Pelican? Dante? Uh, is he a chicken? Derek? Dodo bird. Yes, it's a dodo. Oh. That's oh. why the airlines called Dodo Airlines. Yes. Oh wait. Oh, is he the guy in the in the airport? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Apparently, they're new characters. I didn't, I didn't know that until recently. Um, my original question was what animal is Blathers, but I felt like that one was too easy. I'm surprised we all guessed birds. Yeah, that was <laughs> impressive. Uh, at least you were on the kind of the right I, track. You were pretty close, Andrew. I thought it was just a a random villager you had made up. <laughs> it's uh, totally. <laughs> No, he's actually really important. I thought he was the guy who <laughs> talked to him every day on the beach. Oh, dude, that guy sucks. What's up with him? I thought he was going to be someone that I could get to come to my village, and he's just like this weird, coked out pelican bird thing that just says nonsense. <laughs> All right, Derek's up two to one to one. Question number three What components do you need to create a flimsy axe? I need the exact numbers. I got it. Dante, are you good? Um, I, I just built one before we like started this podcast oh, and I don't remember, but I'm going to try I'm gonna give my best. All right. You can go first, Dante. What do you think? Uh, I think it's five wood and two stone. Andrew put just five tree branches. Derek, five sticks and one rock. Derek is correct. I can't give it to you, Dante, because wood is different than the tree branches. No, no, that's fair. I thought it was wood. I, I thought it was. Like, <laughs> but it's also only one stone, not two. So um, yeah, that's all right. Yeah, Andrew, you're missing the stone. You you were just about there. All right, Derek leads three to one to one. This is the best Derek's ever done at trivia. <laughs> uh, question number four: What console was the first Animal Crossing game released on? Man, usually you guys have some like thought banter and you're just dead silent every time i'm also on push to talk uh is this is this uh in the okay what console was the first animal crossing game released on all right derek you in the u.s or in japan in general derek Uh, all right 
the Nintendo 64. Dante? Nintendo 64. Andrew? I put GameCube. It is the N64. Really? Uh, oh. Yeah, it was a game that it was released in Japan on the N64 and was ported to GameCube shortly after. So it's the same game. Oh, all but, right. Yes, N64. We never got it here. It's almost like I identical see. graphics too. Which yeah, is which really? is kind of wild. Yeah, huh. I wasn't it's it very a close. N64 DD expansion. The disc. Oh, drive I don't thing? know. I think it might have been. Um. Anyways, question number five. In Animal Crossing New Leaf, what appears on your TV at 3.33 a.m.? The TV, It's only a couple nights a week, and the TV's usually just static. But at 3.33 a.m., something pops up on your screen. What is it? Um, Andrew, you want to go first? I put a ghost. Dante? Is it KK Slider? Derek? I said boobs. <laughs> no. Andrew's the closest. It's aliens. Ah. So there's this huh. weird. You should look it up. It's really crazy. There's this weird alien transmission where it's static, and then you, you see a UFO, and then there's this alien, but it's doing the Animal Crossing speak at you, and then the message loops, and then it goes away. Interesting. It's, it's very weird. Um, but. With four out of five points, Derek is the winner. I've done it. He did it. The second win. Uh, sure congratulations, did. Derek. Uh, tiebreaker Ugh. for fun, everybody. Yeah. See, yeah, always. My favorite part of Animal Crossing is collecting the bugs because I love bugs. Uh, how many bugs are there in Animal Crossing New Horizons? How many different types of bugs? Uh. Uh. This doesn't matter, so Andrew, go first. Uh, 64. I also said 64. <laughs> Dante? 45. It's 80. Uh, and I'm going to catch them all, and I'm very excited about it. All right. So You know, when you guys did the hypothetical... Resident Evil uh, the Resident Evil trivia, I got all of them right. So did you? I feel a little gypped here, but hey man, that's how the game is played. <laughs> Nothing I can do. Alright, that's fair. What's up, Andrew? Jordan Jordan told me he would have gotten all of the Sonic trivia, right? Really? You yeah. know who didn't? Tcon. Right. <laughs> <laughs> a um, Sonic fan. What was I gonna say? Oh yeah, hypothetically, and if Derek and I happened to be tied and then we said the same answer for the tiebreaker, what happens then, Jeff? If you say, uh, I would say, try again. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Unless you were both right, and then I would say you both win. Uh, okay. okay. All right. Good to know for future uh, future trivia. Trivia. All right. Well, this is a pretty solid episode. Yeah. We just talked a lot about games we've been playing, and it was fun. I don't know about you guys, but I need to get back to playing Animal Crossing New Horizons on my Nintendo Switch. <laughs> you motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I need to go grab that ore off the ground from in front of my house that Allison got for me so we can get the shop running so that we can have that for tomorrow. I think I really like I'm gonna this game. <laughs> go play Doom Eternal because I just downloaded it. Did you really? Yeah. Productive podcast, switching your profile right? picture to Jean Ralphio and downloading a game. Best of both worlds. <laughs> All right, well, uh, we're going to call it there. Thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, if you want to send us an email with some information, tell us your Animal Crossing stories. I would like love to hear Steve. it. Like Steve. 
just like Steve. Uh, you can send like that to Steve. us at GameSharksPodcast at Yahoo.com. If you have any trivia questions you want me to read out to the people, give them to me. That'd be really awesome. You can find us on Instagram at GameSharksPodcast. And yeah, tell your friends about uh, us. It's a, it's a video game podcast. We really like video games. <laughs> um, all right. And on that note, we're going to leave. Until next time, everybody. See you later. Bye. Bye. Bye.